Welcome to the 168 Podcast, bringing you the best in fitness, health, and all things in between, with your host, Parissa. Hi guys, it's Parissa from 168, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today, I am sitting here with the amazing Alethea Boone. Um, I don't even know how to, how to begin. If you haven't already met Alethea, my first impression and the first thing I will say is one of if not the nicest person I've ever met in CrossFit slash weightlifting oh you're too I, kind I, I and I think anyone that knows you will probably say the same thing um all the time in the world for everyone you've you just yeah I, I think you're one of the nicest people in the sport that I've ever met um and I'm so excited to be here with you today and I know how busy you are we were just talking about your schedule so thank you for your time Thank you for having me on. I'm actually really excited to be here and I love being able to share stories and little snippets that anyone can take something from. Yeah, and I think you've got quite a unique story and journey, so I can't wait to get stuck in and ask you lots of questions. Um, Starting off with a little bit about your background and and what you've done. So um, you've competed in three Commonwealth Games. Yes, three. Two of those uh, under gymnastics. And one for weightlifting. Yep. Five times CrossFit Games, both as individual and as part of a team. Individual team and a Masters athlete. And Masters. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot. Done a wee bit. You've done <laughs> a wee bit. A wee bit over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, 1998, sorry, Commonwealth Games. Yes. That was your first Commonwealth Games? My first Commonwealth Games. I was 14 years old. 14. I was bright-eyed and a bit of a deer in the headlights. Yeah. had no idea what to expect, but I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it and probably one of my biggest learning curves in sport. Okay. How long had you been doing gymnastics prior to... Prior to 1998? Yeah. I started gymnastics at the age of eight. Okay. I quickly progressed into competitive gymnastics. I yeah. think it was my first class. We did a handstand hold in a novice class, and I held it for 20 to 30 seconds. Wow. And the coach was like, okay, let's get out of recreational gymnastics <laughs> and go into competitive. Yeah. And then straight from them, it just skyrocketed. I was in the elite program within a year. Oh, wow. And then just built. And yeah. from there was Commonwealth Games in 1998. And was that the goal fairly quickly? Did you realize or did your coach sort of pretty quickly realize that you had the potential to get to quite a high level? It was definitely the the talent identification program back then. Once you were identified as someone that had potential, you were training with the national squad multiple times a week. And then, yeah, you just get selected into different squads bit by bit. And if you keep progressing and keep making those squads, it was a natural progression to trial for the Commonwealth Games. Okay. What did training look like at the age of 14? You're still in school. Still in school, in high school. Um, A lot of it was training before school. Uh, I think it was 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock or 8.30. And then it would go to school 9 till 3 and then back to the gym from 4 till 8. Wow. And that would be uh, four days during the week. And then you'd have the weekend as well. So pretty full on. That doesn't leave much time for anything else? Oh, there was no time for anything else. But at that stage, I think quite early on, I realized I quite enjoyed the challenge of pushing myself. Yeah. And so it just seemed like a natural thing to do. Yeah. Was it hard? Yes. But then I think it, that contributed to everything that I'm doing today. Yeah. And it builds character and it, 
builds you know you become resilient and really strong through doing all of that 100 percent like learning to do hard things when you're young I think is a valuable skill yes and it's something that I think kids now will get value out of just doing something difficult and overcoming it on a daily basis yeah it really does help and I I don't think that that happens much now these days um with young kids I think that that you know maybe in some pockets yes but I think in general there's a lot of bubble wrapping and a lot of you know yeah caution and a lot of whereas if you sort of you know guided into doing something or encouraged rather encouraged to doing things that are a little bit more challenging or that scare you or that um you know maybe out of your comfort zone from a young age that later on in life that can be a huge value yeah definitely builds character in it um learning to deal with those stresses early on helps me deal with the major stresses that I'm experiencing now in my adult life okay um, but I think children these days they have different stresses yes. they've got the stress of social media the the comparison it's a completely different world and I think that may be why there's a bit of bubble wrapping yes but it's just evolving you've just got to find ways to challenge yeah. kids minds and bodies in ways that is positive yeah and there's no right or wrong it's just no right or whatever wrong. works for exactly yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you're 14 years old, Commonwealth Games 1998, you've been preparing. Was the experience what you thought it would be? Was it what you expected? Did you have any expectations? Because 14 is quite young, I guess, the mindset going into such a huge um, you know, competition and arena at that age versus, and I'll get to 2018 2018 (laughs) as well but at that age what was that like was it what you thought it would be was it stressful was it exciting was it a fun experience oh it was all of the above I was so excited to be there I was I I just couldn't believe that I could see all these famous athletes around me I mean we're staying in the village it was such a wonderful unique experience to be around high-performing athletes Was I mentally ready for that pressure at that time? Possibly no. I put so much pressure on myself to perform that I ended up falling five times in the total of one competition, which is catastrophic in the world of gymnastics. One fall is bad. Yeah. To fall like four or five times is just terrible. And I felt so much guilt as I felt as though I didn't deserve to be there. Yeah. I didn't earn my spot and I felt embarrassed. Oh, So coming away from those games, I felt all those things, but then it also lit a bit of a fire to realise that's not what I am, that's not who I am, I'm capable of more, I'm capable of better. Put your head down and let's work to right the wrong. And then a few years later, um, 2002, I feel like I was able to go back and do that. So it's all this hindsight, you realise, okay looking back what would I do differently and I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity to do that not just once but twice yeah yeah absolutely and so you you competed again in 2002 you would have been 18 by then obviously you you grow so much from that age you know from 14 to 18 so much changes and so much um development and in your again mindset and mentality you would have had so much more experience just in those short four years um, so the approach, did that change? Any, did anything change in terms of your approach for the 2000 and, uh, sorry, not, uh, 2002 Commonwealth Games? Yeah, so it went from being 
um, the youngest on the New Zealand team to being the oldest. At 18? At 18. And so in that moment, I was the captain of the team. And instead of taking it as pressure, it was a great time to actually lead by example. So anytime you're in the gym, it was to train hard, put forth your best effort and aim for that perfection. You never obtain it, but you aim for that perfection. Mm. And I think at that age, I realized that what I do in training matters in competition and I was able to carry that over onto the competition floor. So the whole mindset just changed into preparation yeah, and then just expressing yourself once you hit the floor. Yeah, because you've done all the hard work. Exactly. And that wasn't the case perhaps at, at 14. At 14, no. It's I was so worried about falling that I fell. Yeah. In 2002, I just wanted to go out and express myself. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. And the experience probably was a little bit different as well. Definitely different. Mm. It was much more positive. And being in that leadership position as team captain... I guess you become a lot more aware of as well of of all the different facets of the training and the competing and everything and the and the impact you're having on your teammates and the impact they're having on you as well like you're you're together as a team it may be an individual event but yeah that that group the camaraderie the the competitive competitiveness it was very healthy because yeah. we did want to like we want to beat each other because yeah. we're still individual sport but collectively, the better you are as an individual, the better you are as a team. Yeah. And we knew that going in. Yeah. And I think that year we placed fourth, just shy of the podium. But for yeah. a New Zealand team to come fourth was actually quite Huge. impressive at yeah. that time. That's fantastic. Okay, so 98, 2002, what happens after your second Commonwealth Games in terms of your gymnastics career? You finished school at this point. Yep, so I finished school and then I ended up going to university in America and I competed in NCAA gymnastics for Brigham Young University and I had an absolute blast. That whole experience, um, the support you get as a student athlete over there is something that we don't get, I think, in this region. Yes. You actually get to live the life of a full-time athlete even though you're studying. Yeah, wow. But yeah, it was you, your body was well looked after. You could get up and compete week after week after week. Wow. Which is very unusual. Like back in New Zealand, it was you have one competition every two or three months. Yeah. But there, backing up 13 weeks was like the norm. Every week? Every week. Wow. Yeah. And then you hopefully make the, um, the finals. Yeah. But to make the finals is like pretty hard. So okay. we made it, I think, our first year, my first year there. And that was pretty cool. And so there's a lot of uh, resources to support students there. So many resources, just from apparel to top-of-the-line gym equipment to weight rooms and specialist coaches makes the biggest difference on performance. Is that like having um, nutritionists and physiotherapists? and Nutritionists, psychologists, physiotherapists, massage therapists, chiros, um, cold tubs, underwater treadmills, like all the resources you could think of at a collegiate level. And we weren't even like top dogs so you can imagine what the top dogs are having over there that's incredible and it and it i guess it sets the breeding ground for future athletes yeah to have that available yeah how long were you there for i lived in america for about five and a half years oh wow yeah and competed the whole time competed for the four and yep. then just coached a little bit after that yeah mm-hmm. come back to australia yep went to new zealand actually and then i ended up getting sick for a little bit yep. and then um, on that recovery, my partner decided to move to Sydney, and so I just followed suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No plans. No. No plans. Just no. Sort of just see followed what suit. Yeah. I just. I feel like 
there was time for change and it was uncomfortable and scary but anytime there's something daunting I feel like that's when something good happens yes you just got to kind of go through it and lean into it a little bit lean into it and that's what you did Mm -hmm. is this when you started uh crossfit is this when you when you moved to australia was that when you sort of delved into trying something different yeah it was actually so after moving to australia i was running half marathons um i was terrible at it long distance running is not my thing but all the more reason to do it yep how did how did you did that was that just something you went you know what i'm gonna run I'm gonna do a half marathon or is it something you'd thought about for a while or you've been running for a little bit no it was it wasn't really I after getting sick and having the clots in my lungs um I had to build up capacity to walk and run again okay. and so my goal was to like walk to one lamppost and then as I got better I'd walk to the next lamppost and then it built up and I did my first yeah. 5k and then I'd like okay let's try a little bit more so then we did a 10k and then I just kept building yeah and it was literally just improving one kilometre maybe a week yeah. in my total running yeah. and then half marathon. And, yeah, did and a few. And then I encouraged my family to do a few. Lima did his first half marathon too. Wow. And then I got bored of running. Yep. <laughs> Which could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, but seeing that progress week by week, it's, it's that addictive sort of you can see yourself getting better and you're like, okay, how far can I go? What can I do? How much further can I get? Yeah, it's the challenging the norm, yeah. which was the standard that was set the week before, yeah. and trying to set a new standard. Yeah, I think that pursuit of progress is something that just keeps my mind ticking. Yes, and something to chase. Yes, and so you got bored of running. Yep, wanted to find something. Wanted to find something new, so yeah. I went up to the trusty old Google yes. and I googled a different way to get fit, and I found CrossFit. Yeah. And then I showed up to my first CrossFit class at CrossFit Active. Yes. And I walked in and there were these mad dogs just yeah. throwing around weights like <laughs> absolute bosses. And I turned around and walked out. Yeah. I was so intimidated. I thought, there's no way I could do that. I'm going to get injured. I shouldn't be lifting those heavy weights. And I called Lima, my partner, and he's like, just turn around and go in. You wanted something different? This is different. This is different. So yeah. I did. And I went in. And then one of the coaches approached me and said, hey. And then from then, I met so many members within the first 10 minutes yeah. that you just felt right at home. Yeah. Like, it was just friendly and welcoming. That sense of intimidation very, very quickly disappears. Yes. But I think it's something that everyone experiences when they first walk in. Yes. I would have turned around. Uh, my first ever session, I walked in and I just saw a bunch of guys, muscly, giant guys, deadlifting and... I was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. But the coach had seen me and waved and I was like, oh, crap, I have to go in. You have to go in. (laughs) So it's so important. That's why I think now whenever I see someone new just walking into the gym, I'm the first to go up and say, hey, welcome, come in, come meet this person and just introduce them to people and realise we're all just people. We're all just people and everyone's really nice. Mm -hmm. It's not as scary as it looks because it does look scary and it's intimidating. Oh, it looks scary. And especially if you've only seen the CrossFit Games, it does look intimidating. You think these people are crazy, but um, you've got to remember everyone started from the beginning and yeah. they built up progressively. Yeah. Like, just like that whole lamppost progression, it's the okay. same thing. You start with a dowel, you move to a barbell, and then you put little two and a half kilos on, little by little. Yeah. Now, is this true? I heard that um, when you first started, you extended your fundamentals <laughs> for longer than what they. <laughs> 
were supposed to go for. Is that correct? That is 100% <laughs> correct. I'm pretty sure you're only supposed to be in there for like two weeks or do three classes to learn the movements and then you have another week to like merge into the level one class. Yeah. Um, I stayed in that fundamental class for a month. Wow. I would have stayed longer. I didn't want to add weights on. I was quite happy moving my empty barbell and yeah. my light kettlebell. You didn't want to do weights. I didn't want to do weights. Definitely didn't want to do weights. As a gymnast, you always thought you had to be lean and petite. And at that time, I was still going through a bit of mental issues with eating. So I was in that mindset of staying small and just do lots of cardio. Yes. But then um, after a month, I got the nudge to be like, hey, I think you're ready to start joining classes. I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll move into the class. But again, grateful I had a community. I had a friend that started with me that stayed with me. And we moved through everything together. And looking back, best thing you've ever done. Best thing I've ever done. (laughs) I'm pretty sure because I did no weights and just learned the movements as thoroughly as I could and how to move well with no weight means that I can now move weight more efficiently. Yeah. So I think that patience on the front end actually paid off. Definitely. Um, it, it, It comes as a surprise to hear it, but when you think about it, like like you said, everyone starts from somewhere and we see you now as this incredible athlete who's achieved so much, but the, the day you walk into that CrossFit gym for the first time, it's the same feelings that anyone else experiences when they walk in for the first time and they don't know anyone and they, they're not familiar with the environment or the equipment or the, you know, if you've never lifted before... It's it's scary. So oh, it's, it's so it's, daunting. And it's and it's nice to hear that, you know, everyone feels that and everyone experiences that. Yeah, we all go through it. It's just trying to put it into perspective and realise that you want something different, so you've got to be a little bit brave and kind of just delve into it. Yeah, and again, lean in. Lean if in. It, if it scares you a little bit, yep. go for it. That's and it. what's the worst that can happen, really? Oh, the worst can happen, you don't like it, that's, that's fine. It. You go find something else. You don't have to do CrossFit. It's just the method that I really thoroughly enjoy. But I strongly encourage movement and blood flow and just exercise just for general health. Yes, 100%. Did you, was Star um, the coach there when you first joined? He was. So he was actually the coach for my first fundamentals class. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's called On Ramp and um, we had pull-ups that day and star came by is like oh here you go here's a really thick blue band to do your strict pull-ups and I was like okay I think I've got this I, I, I I'm okay be okay yeah next minute you're up there yeah next minute I'm up there I can do my pull-ups just fine and he's still your coach to this day he's still my coach to this day so I went through a bit of phase so I um had the active coaches programming and that got me to a team competition pretty easily they had really good programming then I jumped on board with Adam Perry who's still an owner of CrossFit Active um, and still did the classes at that time which Star programmed and then managed to go as an individual a couple times and then I tore my Achilles and then I moved Star had left CrossFit Active and then I ended up going with Star yeah okay your Achilles oh yes tell us what happened it was 2016, yeah. uh, I think it was a Saturday night in the tennis stadium at the CrossFit Games, which is epic. Mm-hmm. Like, the sun was going down, the lights were really bright, the music was pumping, and there was an event called 100%, which was box jump overs and a dead ball. I can't remember the rep scheme. Yeah. 
anyway, 100%, you're going to go 100%. So I walk out and I'm like, this is my jam. This is my workout. I'd had terrible workouts like the days prior and I thought, this is my comeback. This is where I stamp my mark. About 13 box jumps in, I just feel this big snap. And I, I... try to stand up and I think oh okay uh, maybe I've just pulled my calf I've pulled my calf a few times yeah. and then I go to jump and it just feels like my foot's not quite connected oh my god and so I try again to jump it doesn't happen and so I just look up into the stadium I tried to find my partner because in that moment I realized it was gone the Achilles was completely ruptured yeah and I felt like I just disappointed everyone <sighs> was that your first thought that was my first thought wasn't about crap I'm injured this is painful it was oh no I've let everyone down oh and looking back now it's such a stupid thought um you go into competition knowing that there's a risk Mm -hmm. and when that risk when that worst possible scenario happens your heart just sinks yeah yeah because it takes so many people so much so many hours goes into making the games yeah and when that happened i did feel like I failed. Yeah. Um, I felt absolutely horrible. I wallowed in self-pity um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then I think after I encountered so many issues trying to get back to Australia, um, I was grateful that my partner picked me up and he was like, you enjoy training? Yeah. Get off your behind and get to the gym. So he did. And I think that was a... A big learning curve for me. 100%. How long did it take for you to get through that? Because I guess there's also, it's it's traumatic and it's and it's such a big, painful experience and you, you do need to go through, I guess, a grieving process. That's exactly what it felt like. Is that, what, yeah, is that yeah. how it was? It was. It was a grieving process and I let myself wallow yeah. for a good couple of weeks um, not only did I have the Achilles tear, I also encountered blood clots. And then oh. the journey home wasn't very pleasant. And so it delayed surgery because I had to make sure everything was clear so I could go in. Yeah. Um, but during that time, I just binged. Yeah. <laughs> I binged on food. It was post-games. I let myself sit down and watch television. I just did everything that I wouldn't do pre-competition yeah just to let myself relax let the head just be okay with what's happened yeah and you probably I'm guessing hadn't had a a lot of time to do that whether it was crossfit or prior to that with gymnastics um you know having been a competitive competitive athlete for so long how often do you get to sort of step back and just veg out and be like not very often. I'm having some time off. <laughs> yeah, you feel really guilty when you do. Yeah. But um, one thing I've learned now is that you've actually got the mental part's so important. You've got to let yourself just downregulate before you can pick yourself up again. Yeah. How much, and and maybe perhaps this c- comes in post um, the Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. How much time did you spend on? the mental side of it you know when we think about training we think about the the time we spend in the gym we think about nutrition um, and recovery perhaps a little bit more now but maybe not so much before was there an emphasis on on mindset and the mental approach we know how important it is Mm -hmm. at the time did you realize or was this something that came about afterwards 
Um, I think it's something that I've always managed to, I've always had growing up. Yep. I mean, you have to be pretty mentally strong to be able to handle an adult sport at a mm-hmm. child age. Yeah. Um, but after that Achilles injury, all those skills that were learned back then really came into play and it really tested my ability to bring those skills out, to be able to pick myself up, to be able to focus on things that I could control. Yeah. And that's what I had to do then was to break down everything into small segments. What could I control? Mm -hmm. I could control my food. I could control my recovery. And then I used a lot of visualization in terms of seeing myself get back to what I deemed to be success. And for me, I deemed success to be able to do the CrossFit Open six months later as a scaled athlete. So I thought that would have been brilliant. So... You exceeded your expectations. With that in mind, (laughs) yeah. But even just having that in mind that I wanted to do it scaled and I wanted to be able to do single skips by the time February came around. Yeah. I did everything in my power to make sure that I could get that. Yeah. And so daily I'd tick off those little milestone goals and I documented them. I, I didn't share it on social media for the reason of getting attention. I shared it on social media for the purpose of showing little progress steps yeah. and for my own self to go back and look back and realise, okay, this is taking ages, but hell, I couldn't do this a week ago. Yeah. I can now. And I think that whole tracking the milestones really helped me build momentum. Yeah. And then come February, I was able... The first workout was burpee box jump over. Oh, my gosh. And it was a lot of them. <laughs> and your, and your brain I was at scared. that point. <laughs> I was so scared. But I can never rebound box jump again. Yeah. Um, so jump up, step down. Yep. That's my jam. And yep. I was absolutely fine with it. And then little did I know I'd managed to do the whole thing as prescribed and I did well. The whole open. The whole you open. You did RX. Yeah. And you qualified. And I qualified for the regionals, which was beyond what I thought I could have done. Amazing. Beyond. And it was just a bonus round. Yeah. And again, it, like, it, it sounds a little bit cliche, but it's the journey. It's not the end Point, but the, the fact that you went through all of that and you had all the, the hurdles to get through and you set yourself a goal of doing the open scaled and you managed to do it RX. Not only did you manage to RX, you qualified for regionals. This is huge. Yeah. Look, this is a, a, a huge milestone. It was massive. And in that process, that's when we crossed paths yes. for, is it the Australian Open? Yes. Yeah. In we, Melbourne. In Melbourne yes. for weightlifting. And I was looking at the photo today. Yeah. <laughs> With Tia. With Tia, yeah. Yes. yeah. So the three of us were there and I had to hit a certain number to be able to progress to the next stage for qualifications for Commonwealth Games. Yeah. And I didn't know whether I could hit it. I hadn't hit it in training but I had, again, I had checked as many boxes of it as I could to try and get that total. Yep. And we got the total, thank goodness. And then we all stood on the podium, yep. <laughs> me, you and Tia. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, that was like a huge win. That was one of the milestone goals that absolutely propelled me forward to realise, okay, maybe this is possible. Yeah. Let's dig our heels in and try. And how did that, how much of a, an effect did that have mentally? to tick that and to hit that milestone oh like there's that saying that little by little becomes a lot yeah. and that was my at that time I thought that was a lot yeah but looking back now that was just the next little step yeah. for the big thing and it builds momentum yeah once you build momentum you it opens up possibilities in your mind it opens up belief yeah and when you open up that belief oh my gosh unstoppable good things happen yeah 
And this applies, I think, to anyone in in anything. It doesn't. You don't have to be an elite athlete. It doesn't have to be in sport. If you know, if you build that momentum, and I was talking to um, Andy, who I had on the podcast last week, we were talking about motivation and discipline and and building momentum. And it's exactly what you've said. Is just it's ticking off the little things and it's getting through each little thing one by one and it's completing one small task that sense of accomplishment to then give you you know it gives you the motivation to go to the next task and the next thing and the next thing and then you build that momentum and it snowballs mm-hmm. and you're right mentally just you become so much more confident and the faith that you have in yourself and your capabilities and it's just the sky's the limit from there exactly it's just building those little habits no matter how small you think they are they matter they matter yeah they matter if you can just keep applying yourself on a regular basis yeah it really does accumulate and it's not just you know you you see so many people at at their you know at their peak and they've succeeded in whatever field it is that they're they're succeeding in and a lot of the time you don't see the background and you don't see the behind the scenes and the struggles and the daily challenges and, and yeah. actions. And so to hear this, I think, for a lot of people, it's important. There's so much grind that goes on behind the scenes and you just got to keep chipping away and keep chipping away and keep chipping away. A hundred percent. I find it helps if you have that bigger picture in mind, yeah. you keep that in your mind and then you align your actions with that bigger picture. It just helps helps you stay on task helps you stay on track um what is it when motivation is lacking discipline kicks in yes and that just helps with that discipline and did you have a big team of people who you know who who you had on board to help you get to that um Um, not a big team a very select few but the select few were very positive yeah they contributed to the positivity of what was going on I find that if there was some sort of negativity that pulls away energy that could be put towards what you wanted to get to Mm -hmm. I didn't have time for it and unfortunately you know that's part of the process they say it's a sacrifice but it's not really a sacrifice if you're trying to move towards something good yeah and surrounding yourself with the circle of people who who are going to help you get to where you want to get absolutely to. and and they've got the same goals and you know you're all working towards the same thing yeah like-minded people it just really does make a difference yeah so uh the australian open you hit your numbers yep and so at this point um uh you're still competing in crossfit yep still competing in crossfit and working towards commonwealth games yes and so after the australian open what was the uh the, the journey after that like Um, I think it was all purely bonus rounds for me. So every day I got to walk into the gym was I had nothing but gratitude. And I think any time you can go in with some sort of gratitude or just happiness, you thrive. And so every day I went in, I felt great to be able to struggle through a workout or struggle through my strength numbers. Um, A lot of it was focused on building strength through my legs because I had six months where I couldn't. And so focus was very intentful, purposeful. Uh, I was also working full-time, so I didn't have much time to be able to dedicate to training. So the balance had to be pretty spot on. Okay. Um, And I was grateful that I was able to do that. (laughs) And it perhaps makes the harder days a little bit more or a little less harder because of that approach of 
you know what, I'm so lucky I can do this and yes. I'm grateful that I can do this. Yeah. The whole realising that you don't have to do something, you choose to do it yeah. because you want to do it, yeah. it just, again, unlocks a whole new potential that you could reach. Yeah. And so you've qualified for the Commonwealth Games. How did the experience now comparing 1998 as a 14-year-old, mm-hmm. 20 years later, two different sports, yep. what was that like? Was there, did you have you know, moments where you look back and during the Games and you're like, wow, it's 20 years ago I was doing this? Yeah, I think I couldn't help but reflect. Yeah. Um, they say hindsight's a good thing, right? Yes. Um, everything that I did wrong back then or I took for granted, I was able to right that wrong this time around and I was able to take in and appreciate absolutely everything yeah. that went into that journey. Yeah. Um, stepping up on the platform, again, it was just a sense of gratitude yeah. and it was also a sense of, okay, I put in the work, I deserve to be here, yeah. let's express ourselves and put it on show. Yeah. And for me, I hit a PB total, which was great for me. Um, I think 12 weeks prior to that, I'd actually partially torn my post-tib tendon, so we didn't know whether we were going to make it onto oh the platform. Gosh. But again, I had a great crew behind me, yeah. um, good staff that were able to kind of rehab me back into a position where I could put up some decent numbers. Yeah. And again, that whole gratitude of being able to step out on the stage. I cried after every lift, I swear. But oh. because it was so hard to get there... Yeah. And I didn't want that opportunity to pass. Yeah. So again, control the controllables, yeah. do what I can. And if I was able to take the platform, take soak up every minute. Yeah. And that's what I did. And no matter how much, at the end of the day, you know, you could have the, the most amazing support crew around you. It comes down to you and the work you put yeah. in as well. And I think your achievements are a testament to the effort that you put in. Because it's not easy, you you know, you're you're an athlete, you have a full-time job, you have your friends, your family, your relationships. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. And for you to be able to come out of that, a lot of people maybe would have thrown in the towel and gone, no. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's moments where I think, oh, why? Yeah. And then I realise, okay. I know why. Don't I don't want to settle. Yeah. There's If there's a chance that you could do something that's well worth achieving try yeah. you might fail but that's the whole excitement of the journey yeah. it's okay to fail yeah. you learn from failure but then you find a new journey yeah. and just keep going keep continuing for progress mm-hmm. that's amazing <laughs> it's still to this day I'm old and I people keep telling me throw in the towel I'm like why no. if we can still move move I don't want to see you stop <laughs> I love watching your training <laughs> It's amazing and it's inspiring. I enjoy it. It's something I'll do for life. And I think watching you and watching, you know, the the progress that you've made and the obstacles that you've overcome for anyone, again, in any field, it doesn't have to be in the sporting arena, in any field, it's just uh, if there's a lesson to be learned, it's to just, you know, you, you keep going and if this path gets blocked, find another way. 100%. Because there's always another way. I love that. Find a way. Find a way. And there's always, always a way to do, get to where you want to to get to. Have you... It's not always going to be ideal. 
No. no journey is ever linear. It's always like a bit of a roadblock. Everything curves. But then that's part of the resilience. That's part of your creativity and your mind of how can I do this a different way? Yeah. And that's the excitement again. Yeah. Have you had to shift the goalposts a lot over the years? Or is it, or has it been more so of this is, uh, this is what I'm going to do? I'm just going to change how I do it. Um, or a I, bit of both. bit of both. So when the first year I made the games, I never thought I would have made the games. I was just aiming to make the top heat in regionals, which yeah. was like the top 10 or 12. Um, the second year I wanted to make the games and I wanted to do well at the games. And that's when I ruptured my Achilles. Yeah. And then 2017 when I went back, I just wanted to have fun and yeah. I wanted to put the best product I could out on the floor. Yeah. And that whole mindset, that whole shift in perspective of a result-oriented goal to best product possible yeah. that I could produce yeah. meant that I was able to achieve something pretty unique. And I finished the games, and I did okay for yeah. me. Yeah. And I was successful, and then I got to finish the games less than a year after I ruptured my Achilles. And for me, that was a win. Because um, you probably would have been told that that wouldn't have been a possibility. Oh, yeah. yeah. 12 months to be able to go and handle was it 12 or 13 grueling workouts over the CrossFit Games yeah. even in my own mind I think that's ridiculous but again ticking those small boxes and getting onto that stage I just took every opportunity I could to be able to get there and make the most of it Yeah. and then fast forward to 2019 the whole season's changed sanctionals happened um, I went to Asia I had the best time in Shanghai yeah I came back to Down Under and I qualified as an individual open woman to the CrossFit Games. Okay. At that time, I started encountering some pretty bad hip issues. And I'm still battling with the hip issues. But I knew I couldn't dedicate the time to training to go as an individual athlete. Yeah. And I'd qualified as a Masters. So I opted to go the Masters route. Not because it was an easier route. It's just because at that time in my life, I had other priorities. Sure. And my priority was to put what I could into work. Yeah. Um, and look after my body. Yeah. And so I went to 2019 as a master's athlete. Yeah. I had I had fun. Yeah. It wasn't a massive highlight, but it was definitely like a different change in perspective. The master's athletes actually talk to each other. As opposed to... <laughs> as opposed to... to well, when you're going as an individual, it's competition. It's There's money on. on the line. You're yeah. fighting. It's dog eat dog. Yeah. Um, but master's athletes, we actually had real <laughs> life conversations, which was really quite refreshing. Wow. About real life things. Yeah. Outside of uh, just outside training. of just CrossFit, yeah. whereas an individual tends to be very oriented to winning, yes, and it's all about CrossFit. Their life centers around CrossFit. Yeah. The Masters athletes have other things other to deal things. with, and so we would talk about other things. Wow, what a change of uh, uh, you know scenery! And Absolutely, I think that opened my mind to realize, okay, there's still there's life more. after sport now. Yeah. Now let's start venturing into that other side. Yeah. Which is an exciting... It's another exciting path. Yes. Yeah. You're competing this year in the Opens? I am. I'm doing a shocking job <laughs> at the moment. It's only been one week. It's been one week, but <laughs> if anyone can relate to struggling with double unders, yep, I, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. That's done now. Hopefully we won't see it again for yeah. <laughs> the next two weeks. Actually, the announcement's on in a few hours, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. I think so. Oh, very exciting. What would you like to see? To be quite honest, anything. Whatever. That's why we train in CrossFit. Whatever yeah. comes up, just tackle it head on and just try. Yeah. And that's what I'm about. I just want a good challenge. Yes. And one where I get to high-five someone afterwards. Yeah. 
That's all what it's all about, isn't it? It is what it's all about. Do you know what I loved? I I watched um, a video you posted last week after the 21.1 announcement. And you were a little bit emotional. And then I was watching and I got emotional. I was like, why am I crying? (laughs) But it was happy tears. It was happy tears. But it was also really nice because I'm like, you don't see this. You don't. It was like such raw appreciation for the the sport and the community and the sport, your involvement the and methodology, all of it. Yeah. Um, I have gotten so much out of CrossFit. Yeah. The gyms I've been to, the coaches I've been able to come into contact with, the people I've met like you, and what they're doing with it all now and sharing the real life stories yeah. and bringing it to the forefront. I think it adds so much value to our community because that's what it's about. It's not so much about the sport. The sport's great. I mean, I love watching it and yeah. I will always be a fan of the sport. Yeah. But I also love seeing the everyday person yeah. go out and just give it their absolute all yeah. and just see what they like, what they can do. And we see that in our gyms. We see that in our communities. So to see it on a broader scale, which hasn't traditionally been portrayed, it's always been like the top athletes yeah. and things like that. So it's nice to see. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. And it's relatable. Yeah. I mean, I encourage my family, my mum to do it. Like, She's, She does CrossFit, doesn't she? She doesn't do CrossFit per se, but yeah. every time I'm in town, she'll definitely give it a good nudge. Good on her. But she does swimming now. Wow. Yeah, so I'm not a swimmer, and I will never be a great swimmer, but I enjoy the act of swimming. Yeah. And so sharing that with my mum has been something great sharing CrossFit with my sister has been really great sharing CrossFit with my brother who's trying to like just look after his body has been so valuable and then to see that type of thing portrayed on the CrossFit announcements yes oh yeah I got emotional I got emotional watching you get emotional (laughs) and the adaptive athletes oh my goodness amazing they are legit I need to put in a request because there's no division for pregnant women I oh was waiting gosh. for one. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen one. Yeah, I wonder if they'll do that. I hope so, because we, we've got seven at our, at, out at Kingsgrove yeah, who are pregnant. Yeah, they need their own leaderboard. I think so. Mm. But we ha- this is the first year we've had, um, we've had the most number of participants in the Opens out at our Kingsgrove location. Why do you think that is? Um, I, d- I think, I mean, we've kind of promoted it a lot more this year. We promote it every year. Yeah. But this year we've really, um, from about eight weeks out, we started doing like a Friday Night Lights thing and we would run, rerun opens from previous years. I think before, in other years, we'd, we hadn't done that. And so there was still that like, oh, it's a, it's a competition, so I'm not going to do it because I'm not good enough. The fearfulness the of fearfulness, it. The fearfulness, exactly. And so we, for the eight weeks in the lead up, we were like running every Friday a prior year workout from the opens and we just ran it as part of the class and everyone peer judged each other and so when it came time for the opens we were like so nothing changes it's nothing different you've experienced it you just if you want to register you register and we had a record number of participants and most of them are first time um participants oh my gosh that's the best which has been amazing and the the community vibe every year whether you register or not is just I mean you know what it's like yeah it's it's something pretty special yeah. to do it as a group and knowing that you're part of something that's bigger than just the day to day yeah oh it, there is something really unique about it yeah 
And it's nice watching like people come in and they're like, I know it's just another workout, but why am I so nervous? I've been thinking about it all day and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. it's fun. It adds that sense of excitement. And it does. I mean, there's not many opportunities where you get to compete as an adult other yeah. than the workplace. Yeah. I mean, a physical way of competing really does bring out something a little extra in you. Yeah. And I think for me, that carries over into my work. 100%. You feel a little bit more brave knowing I can take on difficult, I can overcome, and yeah. I'm capable of more. Yeah. We've seen, and you've probably seen um, in your community as well, you know, the effects that it has on people and just the personality shift over time. Someone who comes in who's really shy or, um, you know, perhaps whether they're going through something or just you can see them really come out of their shell. And it, for some it takes weeks, for some it's months, but that shift is is amazing to watch it's making a difference and it's so positive and i do love seeing that what's next for alethea ah that's a great question (laughs) it's a surprise (laughs) (laughs) um you know what i'm thoroughly enjoying learning from luke star and what he does and i'm just getting involved coaching some athlete camps for the star strength community um and running workshops like in different places and just yeah learning and honing in on my craft i mean i coached gymnastics for so many years um i love weightlifting and I love CrossFit and I have an exercise science degree so I think it might be time to delve more into that and do more of what I enjoy which is in the fitness realms what that entails I'm not sure just yet but I know that I want to do more of that which I enjoy amazing love it on that note we'll wrap up and I'll let you get back to your incredibly (laughs) busy schedule which I know you have thank you so much for joining us and for sitting down and having a chat um it's always good meeting up with you Farissa you're such a joy oh thank you so much (laughs) had an absolute ball thank you for your time thank you we'll chat soon we'll do bye (laughs) bye everyone thanks so much for joining us on the 168 podcast if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe and follow us at 168 podcast on socials we'll see you next time